Welcome to The Original Dala. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Dala, I go through pop culture moments. We learn the behind the scenes of songs, of movies, and television. And at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, visit theoriginaldoll.com or join me on Instagram, the.original.doll. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording, ripping, stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it to the webmaster. Today's guest is Doug Buden. Who can be seen in so many great shows? We're going to go into that in a second. But he can also be heard on Jeff Lewis Live on Sirius Channel 102. Doug was kind enough to spend some time talking to me over a few days about what it's like to be a working actor and all those things that happen behind the scenes. Fans of the television series Friends may remember Doug as the librarian in the episode, The One with Ross's Book. The episode centered around a hookup corner in the library, which happened to be the area of the library no one used. Coincidentally, it was the corner with the book written by Ross Geller. Others might know him from his comedic roles in What I Like About You, starring Amanda Bynes, Because I Said So with Diane Keaton and pop superstar Mandy Moore, or Two Broke Girls or Modern Family, and he will be featured in an up-and-coming episode of the 80s throwback show, The Goldbergs. How does it go from you hearing about an audition or a part? Um, so obviously there's different, there are different kinds of TV shows. I, I usually work in television. There's, you know, a multicam sitcom, which is like Friends or Two Broke Girls or Frasier, any of those where there's an audience there. And the other end of the spectrum is a single camera. So like Sex in the City or Modern Family, which is really shot more like a movie. And when you're a guest actor, it, your week is vastly different depending on what the format of the show is. So if you, if you are working like on Modern Family, for example, you know, you get a call from your agent uh, with an audition. You would typically go onto the Fox lot to casting office with your sides, and the sides are the portion of the script that they want you to audition with. You read for um, the producers. Sometimes, if, if you're at sort of sort of, uh, just starting out, you do what's called a pre-read, where you would just read for the casting director, and then you would have a callback where they bring in the producers and the director. Once you've been working for a while, you, it's called going straight to producers. You just they bring you in into that final round. Then it's usually just a couple of days. Television is very quick. So you find out within a day or two whether or not you book the job. Auditioning for a sitcom, very, very, uh, for a multi-camera with an audience, very, very similar. You go in, you read for the producers. You usually find out that day um, or the next day because they're always just one episode ahead. The, the exception to that I'm remembering is for Frasier, um, you found out in the room they, they would whittle it down to three people and they would say, uh, you would sit in the waiting room and they would say, okay, uh, Jimmy, could you come back in? Okay, have a seat. Doug, could you come back in? Uh, Michael, could you come back in? And you all just sitting there staring at, you, at each other. And then whoever was the last person 
then they would come out and say, okay, everybody else could go. So you knew you didn't get it at that point. Oh, you know? sucked. But <laughs> then, so now you know you got this job. They, they call your agent calls. You say, okay, you got booked. They, you know, uh, our union has certain pay minimums. So like, you know, I, you know what you're, you already know what you're going to make for it. Uh, and then there are different kinds of contracts. So let's just say we're, we're going to shoot friends. Let's say we booked a part friends. So if it's a guest star, you get more money than if it's a co-star. And it's uh, usually tied to the, the size of the part. But sometimes once an actor is, in this, is established, they won't do a co-star because it's less money, which means less residuals. So e- even if it's like a, you know, more rosemary potatoes, an actor who's established could get that as a guest star and get more money. So typically, the only person who, with whom you interact before you work on a show is the wardrobe person. That's always the very first phone call you get. There have been times where that's how I found out I booked a job. I didn't get a call from my agent. I got a call from wardrobe. And they said, hi, I'm calling from the Hughley's wardrobe. We want to get your sizes. And I said, oh, <laughs> am I working on the Hughley? That's how you find out. So because the first thing you have to do is get a fitting. Mm-hmm. So um, you go onto the lot or wherever the show shoots and you have a fitting and they you know put you in all the different outfits and they photograph you and then that gets sent to the director for their approval and then typically you start with a table read so that's the last day of production on an episode and the first day of production on the next episode so typically um the friend that's again back in the friends world they'll meet at 10 o'clock in the morning they'll table read the next episode but then that evening, they're going to tape the episode that they've been working on all week. So you're always oh, I didn't starting. Know that. Yeah. So if you go for the table read, you're just there, like as a guest actor, you're there from like 10.30 to 11.30 or 12. Maybe then you'll have your fitting. And then you go home, but all the other actors still have to tape the episode that they've been rehearsing for the whole week. Um, at the table read, have you would see a director that's directing the current episode, and you most likely on a lot of sitcoms, there's a different director for the next episode. So that's there are correct. ultimately two captains at the ship at the same time. Exactly, but the the table read will happen in a in the writers' room yeah. or in a production office, not usually on set or on the stage where there's so much going on, especially on tape day. They've got to make all the final adjustments, and typically there's going to be an audience coming in. It's like a, it's a very, that's always the busiest day is tape day. It's usually Wednesday or Friday. Um, a lot of times it's actually uh, uh, camera operators can work on two shows at once because some will tape on a Wednesday, some will work on a Friday. But that, you know, it's a, it's a great gig and you're only taping it one day. Um, so then you get your script. Now, in the olden days, they actually would send the assistants to every actor's home, the series regulars and the guest stars, and they would leave an envelope on your front door with the script. So you get your script. I I have as my prop here, the the table read script from the episode of Friends that I appeared in, as opposed to the one that I was written out of. And the library episode. (laughs) The library episode. The table read script is 51 page, really long. There's yeah. no way that they're going to get 51 pages in 22 minutes. Just as a reference, there's the script for the episode that we shot by the end of the week was 41 pages. So they got rid of 10 pages 
throughout the course of the week. So you show up on that on day one with your script that's been dropped off at your door and immediately there are changes. Before you even start the table read, somebody walks around with a different colored paper and you have to insert them into your script. So by the end of the week, and by the end of the week, and you could see my script oh my is blue, goodness. there's yellow, there's pink, and it'll always tell you which Hudson, that girl. My dog sees another. It'll tell you like which revision it is. It'll say pink revision, white revision. So your script is always changing. So yeah. you can't ever get married to yeah. what you auditioned with and, and what you're gonna say. So you do the table read and then you go home and then you pray that the next day there's gonna be a script at your door. Now, what happens after the table read is all the network people and all the production people get together and they're like, hmm, that guy really didn't seem right for this role. And I think we really need a woman to play that other part. And very, oh, no. it is not uncommon that you'll get fired after the table read. It doesn't mean you were bad, it just means they're making And you, st you still get paid though for your time or no? Yes, you, you, get paid, you get paid for the week or however, whatever your contract is, Got it. but you won't get residuals if you were cut out of the episode. So, but you, you, like Will and Grace, I was written out. It was, they, they really did me a favor. They said, do you want to get written out? I said, yes, because my part got whittled down to nothing. And I thought, you know, once you work on a sitcom, you can't work on it again. So I didn't want to like blow my chance with Will and Grace to end up with just such a teeny part. So was they this wrote me the out. first run or the, yeah. okay. It was an episode with Candace Bergen. Oh. And I think Leslie Jordan, I was like, I was a waiter in a restaurant and the joke just didn't, the bit didn't land. And so they were removing the bit and you know, they have to remove, they, these shows, they overwrite so much. So then you, um, you do what's called camera blocking and you really, you start, you, you hold your script and the director and the, and the other cast, you, you sort of work your, work your way through the scenes and they rehearse it with camera angles. And then you usually take a break and then you come back and you do um, a network run. And every time you do these network run-throughs, they literally go scene by scene and you just sort of do it. And there's this crowd of people with pads and they're all whispering to each oh, other. No. And then you, then you just have to wait and you pray that the next day there'll be a script <laughs> at your door. And sometimes there's not. And sometimes you find out that like, what you what they wanted you to do is is not going to clear you know their standards and practice so they have to reblock that scene and so every day you sort of make refinements and you always do these network run-throughs in the afternoon and they're it's very tense and everybody has all these directors chairs and the crew drags all 25 directors chair from set to set so that you could do it and it's 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 always a lot of pressure but you just that, that's the, that's the gig, you know? And so how does, how does, so for you then as the actor, how, if you say, yes, I'm going to do Friends and it's going to be a week long, mm -hmm. what happens in that time if there's another show? Because correct me if I'm wrong, there's pretty much a television or for the longest time, a television season ultimately mm -hmm. that they're filming. Because I believe they don't film like past May or something like that. In correct, Canada, correct. In July. So you theoretically could have to not audition or read for a part for another show because you think you're going to be filming and theoretically yeah. it could be cut from Will and Grace or whatever. Yeah, that, that does happen. I mean, the best world would be if you were on like a three-day contract 
So let's say you're, you're on Monday, Tuesday, shoot on Wednesday, and then you get a one-day guest star for something that's either Thursday or Friday. That happens. I do remember an occasion where I was going into a callback. It was, I can't remember what it was called. It was a series with Nathan Lane. Um, and I think Joan Plowright. I can't remember the name of it. But I was well, about I to go in. You, you Google it. It was Joan Plowright, Nathan Lane. I don't remember. It was a half hour. I was about to go in to producers. And the casting person came out and said, Doug, you can't come in. Call your agent. And I had booked, I encore, was, encore. I booked something else. And so I didn't even go in for that part. But yeah, I mean, you know, a week of work is a, is a great week of work. And if you're lucky enough to be a full week contract, you can't audition for other things. During pilot season, when... And when does um, that start? So there, again, everything has changed, obviously, yeah. not just because of COVID, but because of Netflix and Amazon and all these streaming services, pilot season doesn't exist the way it used to. It used to be sort of January up until April. All pilots had to be finished by April so that when they do the upfronts in May or the announcements the in May, exact, they already know everything is done, everything is purchased. So February and March are usually typically the, the busiest months to audition for our pilots. So if I book a pilot and then somebody else wants me, you, you go into what's called second position. So that, and I'm trying to think, somebody very famous has this famous story about being in second position. I think it was for friends. I think it was Jennifer it was Aniston. I'm adding this part in. You see, Matthew Perry had filmed a pilot for LAX 2194 and Friends during the same pilot season. Luckily enough, LAX 2194 was not picked up. The other two people that were auditioning for the role of Chandler Bing were John Favreau and John Cryer. In some more television trivia, Kathy Griffin has talked about her and Jane Lynch becoming friends during the casting process of Friends. Both were up for the role of Phoebe Buffay. And Bruce Willis had filmed a movie called Whole Nine Yards with Matthew Perry. Perry bet Willis that the film would go number one. It did. As a result, Bruce Willis donated his guest salary from his stint on Friends to charity. And back to Doug Buden. Anyway, that, so that you would just go into second position. I mean, we should all be so lucky to have that problem. I don't believe I've ever had that problem. So, you know, maybe, maybe this year more than one person will want me. But typically, you know, that doesn't really happen well, much because they don't even want to put, they don't want to have somebody in second position. Well, and the other thing too is I think that um, I remember growing up and watching TV and seeing like, you really never saw an actor in two different series on two different networks where before, right. I feel like that wasn't really a thing that was happening because they were isolated in this yeah. sitcom world for six months or whatever. People were really sort of siloed and it was also like working in television for a long time. A lot of like famous, you know, really super well-established actors didn't want to work in television. And, you know, now there's, they call it stunt casting. You know, I, re, I was in the audience when Madonna did that Will and Grace. And, you know, I remember that was such a huge thing that Madonna was doing Will and Grace, but everybody works in television. You know, it's, it's so much fun to work in TV. It's quick. When you're doing a single camera show, it is long. For those who don't know single versus multi-cam, during a single cam, they may film actor A saying all of their lines in one scene, then pivot the camera, and then film actor B filming all of their lines. 
multicam, the scenes are recorded at the same time. I personally equate it as multicam is more live theater and single cam is more movie. And don't forget to add me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and join my community on Patreon, theoriginaldoll.com. Now, back to the show. Well, and I, I wonder for you then, is there, so being in the union, the Screen Actors Guild, is there a certain amount of jobs or things you have to take? Because like, that's something that a lot of people don't realize. It's like, for somebody to be on TV, there's unions and things like that that right. you have to abide by. Is there a certain amount of time? Because I know like, well, teachers union pipe layers where they're like oh it's like it's based on hours yes is there anything uh, for screen actors no i don't think so it, it's that real catch-22 that you can't get in the union without doing a union job you can't do a union job without already oh. being in the union uh it's a very expensive union to join i think i think my dues my initial dues were like four or five thousand dollars um and then, you know, then you can get health insurance as amazing benefits to being in the union. I think the hard part, especially for people that aren't in the industry, is there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Like you have a manager, you have somebody dealing with a contract. Um, and then also you get paid X amount, but your manager, these people all get a percentage of it. So for you then, can you explain the whole residual thing for, for us out here that don't, and you could even use just theoretical numbers sure. like that um, to help people understand because I feel like even I thought once you're on the show, you get that money. I thought, you know, the friends, the six of them get that they get the whole amount. And then I didn't realize, well, there's the whole creative side that wrote, produced that, that they're getting a good chunk of this. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, it makes sense. And I believe it was on the the radio show where you talked about uh, being on friends and getting residuals for the one that was filmed and not filmed. Mm-hmm. So talk to us, the layman about how residuals work and what that is. Okay, so when you get your, let's say, so we shot the episode, Um, our union requires that we get paid within two weeks. So I get that check. Of course, it goes to my agent. Then from my agent, it goes to my manager. Then it goes to me. So I lose 15% off the top of anything I make. And then, of course, Uncle Sam gets quite a chunk too. So typically, an actor takes home about 50% of what, they made. So if you think about the people who are making a million dollars an episode, they 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 probably also have a, a layer with lawyers. So they probably take home maybe 40%. Um, so that which is great because the, our union has even if you just make the minimum, it's a great paycheck. The problem is most of us don't work every week. So you know it's great when I work and then it sucks. But then we have the magic word of residuals. So what happens is you get what you're getting paid for is to do that show, that one episode. And that gives them the ability to air it once. The first time it reruns, you get a hundred percent again as your residuals. So if you make ten thousand dollars for the week, the first time it reruns, you get that ten thousand again. And then from that point on, it goes down in in, in big increments. But you get them for, I think, forever. I mean, I, and they go as low as a penny. I have received more than four checks for one penny. It could be from Charmed. I knew somebody who wrote on Charmed. And she wrote a part called Demon Doug, I think, or Doug Demon, whatever. And 
she sent and she told the casting director, I think you should see uh, my friend Doug Buton. I wrote this for him. And the casting director said, no, I don't think we're going to bring him in. She was like, but I wrote this for him, like with him in mind. And they were like, no, we're going to go in a different direction. They wanted to go diverse. Okay, whatever. So then I went in on Charmed maybe four or five times. The last time I go in and it says at the end of the scene, he explodes. So I'm now in front of the producers and they always would say like, do you have any questions before we start? And I said, yeah, do you need me to explode? And with a smile, that bitch cast director goes, oh yeah, we want to see you explode. So I did this scene and I had to like (laughs) explode. It was so dumb, but I booked the job. And it was one of those things, wardrobe calls me. It was like Star Trek, like acting. It was so, well, the whole thing, it was actually, it was all, it was my first time working with green screen too. I'd never, we had green screen and blue screen on Charm. But the wardrobe, oh my God. So I get there and I'm in my trailer. The wardrobe people come in. She's like, so they made some changes. And apparently I was morphing into a bodybuilder. So they had this huge bodybuilder who had to wear the exact same outfit as me. Of course, it looks good on him. But just imagine me in a wrestling singlet onesie. You found your new grinder profile. It was the most embarrassing thing. So I said, please get me a bathrobe. Like I can't. And there were like 300 extras. I said, I can't do, I can't walk around with this. So they were very kind. They gave me a bathrobe. I would drop my bathrobe and we would do the scene. And because we were working with green screen, we had to shoot it like 30 times, but I had to stay in that damn singlet onesie thing. Can you, sitting at lunch with everybody in my wrestling onesie, I was not happy. But now those residuals are like a penny. For real. Oh, but you're like, it was worth it for the penny. It cost them more <laughs> to send it than to actually cash it. What I love but you know, that, like, the, the, I was just saying, like, you know, the actors, residuals came about, though, relatively recently in, in terms of television history. You know, I think it was the Brady kids um, famously never saw a single residual from any of the Brady Bunch episodes. I think the Gilligan's Island team has talked about that. So I'm, I'm lucky in that, you know, by the time I started working, residuals are around it. And that's really good money. I mean, it's a great gift that you just, you're never expecting it. And so then would you as an actor get then residuals from, I'm assuming not the DVD sales or the VHS sales when they had them? There was some kind of, there was some kind of bargaining, some negotiation that I don't really remember. I mean, I probably should have read those um, emails from SAG. But yeah, there's, there's now there's something with DVD sales, there's internet, because that was a huge thing. A lot of us were being we're doing stuff on the internet and there was no um, jurisdiction over that. So all of that is now part of the contract negotiations. When you are, when you book a gig, you do get money. And same thing with foreign. I, um, there was a movie I did. I had a scene with, with Diane Keaton in a movie. Because I said and, so. Because I said so. And um, like, I guess it played a lot in Germany and I got like a foreign residual check. I really would love to hear how I sneeze in German, quite frankly, but because um, you know, they dub everything, I wonder. That would be the one part that they keep. You're like, do I get, do I get credit for that? <laughs> but yeah, so that's, it's around the world. How much interaction do you, as somebody who pops into these projects, do you, are there times where they say, you don't, you don't rehearse? Because like in the theater world where you rehearse and do these things, some directors, movie TV series directors are famous for no 
no rehearsing. Let's just see what's up there. So how does that work? Well, I I have to say it really depends on the show. When you're a guest actor, you, you know you're going into somebody else's family and you're only there at most five days. They, they see a whole new set of, ca- of guest cast every week. So, you know, when I remember at first, I was like, hi, let's exchange phone number. You know, now I just go with my book and I kind of just keep to myself. Um, it's, it really depends on the vibe of the show. Some shows, the cast actually hangs out together and they have lunch together. I've also worked on several shows where the casts don't necessarily enjoy spending time with each other and everyone's just in their trailer the whole time. Um, so it really depends, you know, back to friends. I remember on tape day, you know, Brad Pitt came and I like almost peed my pants. You know, he came up to me and he knew my name and he hugged me and said, thank you for keeping Jen laughing all week. She told me some of the Uh things we had talked about, you know, and I really almost peed my pants. You know, working with Diane Keaton was for me an incredible experience, especially because our scene was just the two of us and it was um, ad lib. You know, we we improv the scene during rehearsal. Then we took a break and they wrote the script based on what Diane Keaton and I love improv. And like, she really could not have been more generous and, and gracious and collaborative. And she was like, oh, I love when you did this. Let's make sure, you know, and she talks to Cameron. She's like, make sure you get him here. And obviously, whatever, you know, what, what appears in the movie is always going to be edited down from what you shot. But, you know, we shot that two days we shot that. And there was, you know, a lot more that happens. Of course, it just, you know, falls into the editing floor. But I was, I was a little nervous when I first, that I did not meet her until I sat down in the scene. Oh my and, goodness. And then you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta do the work. Otherwise, you know, as I said earlier, they'll fire you on the spot. I, I mean, it happens so often that you get fired for, for the, nothing. You know, it's just, they didn't like your eyebrows and you just, you can't take it personally. So then let's go to the, the friends thing because you talked about it on the radio with like, there were, you were signed for two episodes, was it for Friends? Yeah, yeah. So the and first so time I was- You didn't get an envelope with the next day. That's what happened. Oh my God, that was, and it was, I'm going to, uh, that was, it was so terrible. So the first episode that I was cast in was called The One with Ross's Sandwich. It was a Thanksgiving episode. The and Ross, Baker. Yes, and I had a part where I worked in the museum with Ross. And I don't know if I was the, the supervisor. I was somebody with, with authority. And I had this whole thing like, Ross did that? Like, who ate this? Who left a sandwich? I don't know, it was whatever. Um, we did it. Uh, the second day, I got my script. And when you get your script, you always look for um, asterisks in the margin. That means that there are changes to those specific lines. So you look for asterisks to see if any of your lines got cut. Um, on the Third day, there was no script at my door. And I was like, that's weird. And then I got a call from my agent and they said, listen, you got written out. Don't take it personally. This happens to everyone. And even though I had heard that it happens, it's the first time it had happened to me. I was in tears. I was so upset. I was like, I can't believe I got fired. And very out of the ordinary, I received a phone call at home from one of the producers who said, I, I hear that you've taken it you know, really hardly that you were written out. Please, no, we're gonna, we loved you. We're gonna have you on. 
you will come back. I promise you will come back. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And three weeks later, two weeks later, I got a call from casting and they said, could you come in right now and just read this? And I went in and all the producers were in her office and it, uh, it was the one that I ended up doing, the one with the library book. I read the part and they said, go to wardrobe. And I was so excited. So then we go to the table read and they said, we welcome back Doug Buden. We do, we do the table read and the, the, somebody says, wow, we're 12 minutes over. I said, well, it was nice seeing you all again. Have a great week, everyone. And Marta Kaufman said, you're not getting cut out. You're not getting cut out. The second day we, we rehearse, we do another read. They say, okay, we're seven minutes over. I said, I'm not going to leave anything in my trailer. Again, thanks everyone so much. Marta Kaufman said, you're not getting cut out. And actually over the course of the week, my part, I ended up with three scenes in that episode. They cut, they, I, they, it turned out I was like, uh, I, I, the, the tag of, this, of the episode was me getting caught having sex with a guy and Ross catches me having sex in front of his book. And I'm, I come in and I'm like tucking in my pants. And unfortunately, um, the standards people said that tucking your pants in, tucking your shirt in, in the front is too suggestive because you're pointing toward your penis. So you can only tuck your shirt in, in the back. So that never aired. But, you know, I did stay in. I, it was an amazing week of work. That, I, I, you know, that, that really was one of the nicest groups of people. How does that look when, like, you're done with your scene? Like, you're done and then you get to move on. But then do you know that I can't work on Friends again sort of thing? Like, like do you have yeah. to say, sorry, we already were in there. Pull me out of contention. Yeah, most most shows, um, you, once you're established as, as a character, you can't ever work on it again. That was, you know, that was the thing with Will and Grace. Like, I didn't want that to be my one chance to be in Will and Grace because then I wouldn't, I couldn't go up for a fun uh -huh. guest star. Um, and there is a little bit of push and pull between actors and their agents. You know, um, uh, in fact, somebody reached out recently uh, to check my availability for a sitcom, but it was a, it was a recurring role but a very small role. And like, I don't, you know, is it better to try to get more episodes as something, just a teeny servicing part? Or do you, do you pass on that audition hoping you're gonna get sort of a juicier guest star role? If you're enjoying this, make sure to rate the show and tell your friends about it. We truly appreciate the support. And with every question that guest answers, we get items donated to charity. We help out homeless LGBT plus teens, women and children in domestic abuse shelters, and more. Join me on Instagram, the.original.dow. Make sure to check out my part two with Doug Buden. I'll see you on the flip side. The original doll.